It's a genetic abnormality which resulted when you went back in time and performed certain actions which made you your own grandfather. I did do the nasty and the pasty. Verily. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 10, The Why of Fry. Uh, Before I get to my usually disastrous opening bit, I just want to thank uh, Mother Nature for allowing me to come to this podcast recording. As some of you remember from last week, it got pretty dire, but... I'm okay. I remember you died for a moment there. But only for a moment. Then the moment's gone. I close my eyes. <laughs> you do that. You say that like... No, I know. I wasn't going to start singing that. I know, but it's still funny every time it happens. Anyway, thank you for, for not snowing again this week. Uh... So now, uh, back to the regularly scheduled disastrous bit, not in progress, and no one needs it. Now, Ben, I have a question for you. Okay. Think about a very important moment in your life where you, something happened to you that's changed a lot of things about you, that made you who you are. Okay, I'm thinking about it. Now, think about... After infiltrating a giant ball of brain, if they sent you back in time where you got to make a decision instead of it happening to you, whether it would happen to you or not, okay, would you still let it happen to yourself? I mean, if not for that, then I would not be here recording this podcast with you right now, so I'll let you figure out the answer to that one. So then I have a follow-up question. Okay. What would you yell at Nibbler? As you fade away back into the future. Bam, bam, ba-clamp. All right. That's all I got. So, so I, I forgot that. Sorry, my, I was thinking about clamps. I forgot that my co-host is clamps. <laughs> I wish does, I was clamps. Can you imagine does, how much easier my life would be if I was clamps? You just keep me clamping everything all over the place. Clamp, 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 clamp. Man, somebody cuts in line. At, at the Starbucks. And that's you just, a clampin'. You haven't even had your coffee yet today. Clamp. You better believe that's a clampin'. <laughs> I feel like we're just mixing references now. Um, paddlin' yes. the school canoe. You better believe that's a paddlin'. I mean, yes, that's a very good Simpsons <laughs> bit. I agree. Not not as not not as good or possibly better, I don't know, uh, as the internet darling steamed hams. Ah, uh, yes. Steamed hams. There was something going around the internet the other day about steamed hams, yes. and I don't remember what it was now. Uh, they spoke about it on the <laughs> McElroy podcast, Wonderful. No, that, 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 wasn't, that wasn't it. I don't, I don't actually listen to that one. Okay, it's a pretty good one. Uh. Some, something else. You're right. It is sort of the internet darling yeah, like, of all the Simpsons references. Yeah, I, I kind of went down a, a, a rabbit hole. <laughs> Um, I saw one that steamed hams, but every time Skinner lies, he goes seventy seven percent more into hell, <laughs> which I thought was an interesting choice. 
but was pretty good, all, all things considered. Okay, so I'm looking up oh, man. news articles about steamed hams. It's been all over the news. I bet there's an NPR article about it. <laughs> okay, I really got to know what, what, what the funny is on this one. Uh, it's is an it just artic- a headline? It's an article from the AV Club. Okay. Uh, from uh, February 14th. Okay. Steamed hams collides with all-star in long-foretold convergence, <laughs> as in the Smash Mouth song. Yes. Hey, now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. With steamed hams, apparently. There's also from uh, an, an article from PC Gamer. Okay. okay January this is, 31st. This is who I expect to get my steam hams news. Steamed hams. But it's a Team Fortress 2 map. Oh, actually, I would love to play that. <laughs> How much? How big is that download? That's a good question. Um, Level of gigs or megs or what? February 21st from Motherboard.com. Okay. Way too much time and energy went into this VR version of the steamed hams. <laughs> and then it cuts off there. VR! Uh-huh. What? <laughs> so what do we do in this podcast? Well, now we're just a steamed hams news podcast. So... All your steamed hams news, fresh out the oven. Hey, you know what? I'm into it. I, I have I have no problem with the direction this podcast has gone. <laughs> back to the steamed hams. We'll come be back next week. I mean, as long as the internet keeps making great steamed ham content, we're going to be here. I mean, I think, to be fair, I believe it's evergreen content. <laughs> Should... <laughs> Should we do what we're ostensibly about? I don't even remember how we got on the steamed hams thing now. No clue. Um, the, the listener may also have forgotten at this point. I mean, because it, it went, it pinballed around there for a while. Let's be honest. We don't have anyone listening to this podcast anymore. They all shut us off and went and downloaded <laughs> that steamed hams Team Fortress Two map, and they're playing it while they watch their steamed hams VR. And listening to Steamed Hams and Smash Mouth's All-Star, they're just living their best Steamed Ham life right now. All Steamed Hams all the time. (laughs) That's not even the right... It's not even the right Matt Groening vehicle. Shall we talk about the other one that we ostensibly talk about in this podcast? Yeah, The Why of Fry, um, Season 4, Episode 10 of Futurama... Uh, it starts out at Planet Express. Fry is in full spacesuit, entering the hangar room and reporting for duty. Yeah, I wrote that Fry is getting super pumped up for his mission. I mean, like, think about it for a moment. If you were in Fry's shoes, even if you've been in the future for a while, mm-hmm. you get to go into space and give uh, packages to aliens. That's pretty rad. It beats my day job. Which is it beats mine too. Writing for the steamed ham daily. Oh boy! I first off, <laughs> I I can't imagine how how flying into space beats writing for the steamed hams weekly, daily, daily, daily. daily. See? see, this is where I got confused. You need it's be- the same job day in day out. I see. Just uh, <laughs> so many steamed hams. Um, yeah, so he's getting super pumped up, and Zoidberg is there um, soaking <laughs> in brine. He also seems to expel a green liquid out of what seems to be a blowhole on his head. 
that lands on Amy and Amy just kind of like casually wipes it off. I don't want to know anymore. There's a lot going on in this scene. Um, additionally, Fry asks for the mission details and he gets one of those little lenticular <laughs> animation <laughs> cards, um, <laughs> which is it's... literally just somebody handing over like a present to a giant dragon looking thing. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh man, do you think someone out there has made that into one of a like a little card? One, uh, A, I want it. B, tweet Ed back to Futurama. Yeah, yeah, like seriously, like I need to learn how to make lenticular animation cards. Abs- Those will be our new business cards and we'll Ooh. be the talk of the town. We, we will be the talk of, of a town. Not sure which one, but we'll figure it out. They they talk about steamed hams an awful lot, but when you get when you get <laughs> past that, it's a pretty okay podcast. B B plus maybe sometimes. <laughs> eh, that seems a bit high. <laughs> Although that one where where a man's wife made fun of him for forty five minutes was pretty great. <laughs> when I wasn't crying my eyes out. So. <laughs> He also gets Podcast's a so he also weird. gets a, a bag with a toy surprise in it for yeah, the his mission. mission bag, and uh, he gets upset because it's the same toy surprise he had last time. As he complains, uh, the ship returns with Leela and Bender, and they're coming back from the mission. Fry gets upset because he's like, "Without me, there is no mission." And they're like, "No, actually, it went better than usual. We got medals." Yeah, they left They left him because he was looking up curse words in the dictionary, which Bender deemed to be a better use of his time. I, I have looked up some interesting things in some interesting books for reasons. Oh, yeah? Uh, there was one time that me and my wife uh, enjoyed some substances that are legal. Okay, legal substances. <laughs> there might be some cuts out of this sequence. Um, but I decided that it'd be really funny to look up sex toys in the yellow pages. <laughs> not not to purchase, just to say, ha look, there are sex toys in the yellow pages. And, and my wife was like, what's wrong with you? I haven't figured out a good answer to that yet. And on a scale of there totally were to there were not at all how many sex toys were actually listed in the yellow pages i'm gonna be i'm gonna be clear with you i didn't see any listed in those yellow pages i was very disappointed get i was gonna say get on it yellow pages (laughs) whoa (laughs) we're we're getting we're skirting that explicit tag a little bit too close i think yeah no i was just gonna say that i remember being a kid and definitely looking up certain words in the dictionary you know like okay not within the last six months, certainly. No, no. I was definitely a kid <laughs> and sober and looking up, you know, the word sex in the dictionary okay, and see, thinking it was like, oh, oh, it says it says a bad word in the dictionary. See, we're in the same place. If we want to have a, a discussion of things that I looked up when I was a kid, I looked up Pizza Hut in the Yellow Pages when I was three. <laughs> no, this is not, not a joke. I looked up Pizza Hut in the yellow pages when I was three, picked up the phone, dialed Pizza Hut, and just was on the phone line for, I'm assuming, like four to five minutes just yelling at them, pepperoni! Pepperoni! My my grandma picked up the other line in the house and was like, oh no! And to this day, I do not believe I've gotten that pepperoni pizza. 
I expect a free Pizza Hut pepperoni pizza. I have not gotten it. It is past the 30 minutes. Therefore, That's it Domino's. has to be fr- Oh, see, I'm sure Pizza P- Hut has, pizza has Hut. had something similar in the past. Pizza Hut, please tweet it back to Futurama <laughs> so Mike can get his pepperoni pizza. You know, you do that. But then at the same time, they could have been, they could be one of those internet savvy brands that will actually do this. I don't know what that would get them, but they would might do something silly like this. Maybe we can get four million retweets and I'll get a free pepperoni pizza. So <laughs> we're thirteen minutes into this stupid thing. <laughs> we haven't even gotten past the first scene. Okay. Um so yeah, they they're like, Oh yeah, we got we got medals, everything went better than usual they literally do a chest bump which seems like a poor idea when you're chest bumping a very heavy robot it seems to go fine though um well i mean leela takes it like a champ because um she's a champ she's a champ and uh at this point i'd like to apologize to everybody i offended by saying no one's hashtag team leela we got some tweets oh boy that is a yeah we are paying for that one Fry is really upset that he let everyone down, and so he's uh, he offers to take Leela out on a date to make up for screwing everything up, which is an interesting concession considering, like, he wants to go on this date a sure. lot. Sure. I, I, I took it as he'd pay for it. More so than the date, but he'd also be getting the date out of it. This is actually possibly him being a little too clever. Maybe. He, he does He does have a couple of moments of very clever action in this episode. It's true. However, Leela says, nope, I have a date with Chaz. Oh, that's a name. Chaz. Well, I mean, he... The details on how they met is very interesting as well. Because they met at a charity cockfight. And he's the mayor's aide. I do enjoy Chaz quite a bit, and and because he's a jerk. Yeah, like it, voiced by Bob Odenkirk, right? I didn't look it up. Maybe I, it. The voice to me just sounded so Bob Odenkirky. I'm looking it up. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. We have entered Ben Google's that corner. Yeah, you're correct. Bob Odenkirk is Chaz, the mayor's aide. That's a slam dunk and two points for Mike. But no, I, I really like. Chaz in just how much of a jerk he is, mostly because he just keeps pointing out that he's the mayor's aide, which is a really uh, uh, going back like to throwing Ben's, his weight around with Ben's it. dating advice corner. Ooh, you want your date to know what your biggest accomplishment is and how that wields power over other people. So what you're saying is that when I go with my wife to a restaurant, I just say, excuse me, I have a not very successful podcast. Exactly. Okay. Um, it doesn't super apply to you, though, because uh, you're m- married. She already has to deal with you, and sh- you know she can't get out. She has said it in those terms before. Wh- when you're dating, though, you, know, you want to be like, what's up? Yeah, you... I- Oh, you don't got any tables open? Well, guess what? I was retweeted by Felicia Day one time. (laughs) Lin-Manuel Miranda liked one of the things I posted in a group once. It's true, he did. He's my best friend now. So, um, anyways. (laughs) So, 
Fry and Bender in a brief little scene are in the break room where Fry is petting Nibbler who is on his lap and he's kind of just lamenting how he's a nobody. Bender offers to take him out and cheer him up. Whatever you want. Anything in the world. You're the man. Uh, we can go bowling, I guess. Nah. And turns on the TV. It, it's it's amazing to me how, how little Bender actually cared about what he said because he's like, no, nah, I don't know. Bowling does sound fu- kind of fun, though. I don't know. I do get that, though, because like the number of times people are like, oh, I'm up for whatever. And then someone suggests a thing like, nah. Well, it's like, a little different when it's like when I'm up, I'm up for whatever and I want to make you feel better. I want to do what you want to do. Sure. But I mean, it's just it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, Bender's being a jerk. But also like I kind of like it, it's a true sort of it's a relatable thing. I guess I just would love to go bowling. Let's go bowling then. Nah. <sighs> jerk. <laughs> hey, I don't often bender you. Uh, so I'm going to turn that into a verb, by the way. Meanwhile, at Elzar's, Chaz and Leela are uh, get, getting a table there. And again, like I said, he pulls out this like... It's it's very funny to me because uh, Elzar is about like actively grabbing menus and is like, I'll take you to your table. And, and, and Chaz is like, excuse me, we don't have a reservation. But as you can see, I'm the mayor's aide. And Elzar just kind of looks at us and is like, okay... Yep. Yeah, the restaurant is deserted. There's not another soul <laughs> no sitting at else. the table. Um, and uh, <laughs> there's a cockroach that kind uh, of escapes from the kitchen. Elzar kills by slamming this really hard bread down on it, and then wipes the cockroach off. And is like, and um, Chaz is like, "Don't worry, my man. I got you covered on your next health inspection." And <laughs> Elzar thanks him and is like this one's on me and gives him this bread that had a cockroach on it not 12 seconds ago and <laughs> Leela, Leela is like proving my point about how dating definitely works in the real life in the real life Leela's like wow free bread in a restaurant is there anything you can't do I can never fail the mayor ever <laughs> it's he he delivers it with such just importance i love yeah i love the seriousness of that line like um but yeah that's i mean that's what i'm saying though about dating is you really got to throw that that importance around sure and just be like oh yeah man i'm the mayor's aide um or that's why when i was dating my wife i was like yeah i'm a moderately successful high school student (laughs) good job i made it into a college I did. And it worked for you. It sure did. Um, Thank goodness she does not listen to the podcast. I mean, it's constant threat that she's going to have to do this podcast <laughs> with me. So she should really get on this podcast and like... She, it's clear. She needs to understand the tone of the serious work that we're doing here. <laughs> Later on... Leela runs into Fry at Ozorgnax's pub. I love Fry because he's like, oh, I better not let Leela see me. And Leela's like, oh, I hear Fry. And uh, she's like, oh, I'm really happy to see you. Which raises Fry's hopes and then dashes them quite expertly because Very she's much. like, just between you and me, I may not be coming back to the apartment tonight. Could you walk Nibbler and hands over her keys so that he can take Nibbler on his evening walk? 
So he does, and Nibbler drops a big steaming pile of dark matter right next to a, a, a lamp. Fry is actively trying to pick up this denser than 100 million suns or something piece of dark matter. Uh, he, Fry specifies that it weighs as much as a thousand suns. Oh, okay. Which is still, admittedly, a lot. A lot. Um, so that's when Earl and Schmitty show up and cite him for his failure to scoop that poop. Which, oh, yeah. Which he's actively trying to do. And he's trying to say, look, it's so heavy. Uh, Chaz and Leela drive up to this scene, this vignette. And Chaz says, don't worry. I'll, I'll pull some strings and see if you can't be tried as a juvenile. And again, this totally works on Leela, who's just like, oh, Chaz, and cuddles up to him in the car. Like, Leela just wanted that Chaz experience, I think. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I'm no, just, but you know I'm that's just, what Chaz no, calls it. I, that's my point. That's exactly my point. I know that has to be what Chaz calls it. The Chaz experience. And that is the part that grosses me <laughs> out the most. Not that it was a thing that was said. It's that it's a thing that he probably most definitely says. That you think it's true. It, it is true. It has to be it true. It has to be. <laughs> Uh, I don't I don't actually name our episodes anything other than the episode title, but if I did, this one would be called The, the Chaz, Chaz Experience. Experience. <laughs> Can it have a subtitle for what for It'll be the, the first one ever that has a subtitle. It'll be The Why of Fry subtitle The Chaz Experience. <laughs> that makes it so good. <laughs> I feel I feel like we need to like just back up to the beginning of the episode real fast and say, you know what, uh, Snow, thank you for coming because we needed this goofy, weird uh, episode of Back to the Futurama. We're halfway through the middle of. Ooh boy. Okay. Um. <clears throat> uh. So after the uh, the Chaz experience, <laughs> man, I knew you. <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that. Uh. So Fry and Nibbler are walking back after the sighting of the poop incident. Um, Fry says he's as worthless as this trash can, kicking it, sitting down. The trash can tells him, you think I'm as worthless as you? I catch garbage and raise six kids. Uh, so yeah, Fry is, um, uh, sorry, I got very distracted here. What, um, you, what you doing over there? Well, so we, we have Are a- you Googling the Chaz experience? No, we have, okay. we have an ongoing, uh, Facebook chat. Where we always change our nicknames in it to various oh, no, things. No, don't tell me. Don't tell me you're changing it to the Chaz experience. I am definitely changing my name to the Chaz experience. I I honestly cannot wait till anybody else comments on it at all. Literally anybody else in this comment. It's gonna be so good. Anyhow. Okay, so so uh, Fry then says to Nibbler that at least I'm not worthless to you. I, I I'm at least getting rid of your poop. And that's at that point, Nibbler speaks up, um, and he says that the poop eradication is but one aspect of your importance. Fry, like, suddenly nods for just a few moments until he's like, you can speak? Nibbler just knocks him out <laughs> to take him to his spaceship so they can blast off to Planet Eternium. Uh, he, they show up, and everybody is referring to Fry as the Mighty One. Uh, they inform him that the fate of the universe is in his hands. The uh, the elders even state he's the single most important uni- person in the universe. So how he feels when he's drunk is correct? 
I think yes, but not the Dave Matthews band is being good. Am I right on that? I, I, uh-huh. I yes, didn't, they, I didn't they, write say, that down. they say yes, except the Dave Matthews band <laughs> doesn't rock. And one of them is even in the background, like shaking her head. Like they have, the Niblonians have some strong opinions on the Dave Matthews band. Oh, yeah. I, I think they should. I, I don't, but I'm glad somebody does. I don't, ne- I don't really have strong opinions on the Dave Matthews band one way or another, to be honest. The the Dave Matthews thing is actually a little later in the episode. Is but it really? Yeah, I just okay. we, you were talking about how he's really important and all that, and I just had to get to the Dave Matthews band part. You 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 love those Dave Matthews band burns. I don't have strong opinions about the Dave Matthews band. I have strong opinions about the Dave Matthews band burns, like making fun of them. Like, all right, it's a pretty solid burn. Um. But as as the band themselves, no, no real strong opinions. Uh, so they give a concussive blast from the horn of eternity, which sounds like. Um, this causes the feast of a thousand beasts to start, and they all scarf down animals. Uh, Fry uh, Fry gets asked, "Are you going to eat that?" To his zebra in front of him, and he's like, Maybe "A live later. zebra that is just lying there, looking at everybody." And he shrugs and says, "Maybe later." Uh uh, once they get down to the real issue, the Niblonians ask Fry if he remembers the flying brains. He remembers the square dancing stomachs, but was that a Mylanta commercial? He does remember the brains. So yeah, we, we get a little video clip of the brains flying through the city, and uh, it's explained that, uh, I mean, we don't really get a ton of backstory because we got the brain, uh, brain sure. spawn backstory in, what's the name of that episode? The one where they they go to the library, yeah, and they go through all the different books. What was that called? Brain butts, the movie. Part brain butts, two. brain butts, the movie part two. <laughs> this time it's brainier and buddier. All right, I'm gonna, <laughs> I can't, I can't with that. The day the Earth stood stupid. Yes, yes. So we we get a lot of their backstory in the day the Earth stood stupid. Um, so we don't get a whole lot of backstory. It is explained, though, that the reason that Fry does not emit the Delta wave. The Delta brain wave. Uh, that is that it's a genetic abnormality that comes from when he went into the past and did certain actions, causing him to be his own grandfather. The nasty and the pasty. <laughs> Verily. That past nastification shields him from the brains and makes him the last hope of the universe. First of all, I just love the phrase, I did do the nasty and the pasty. Past nastification is pretty great, too. Like, Fry's ability to just be like, boom. Like, I mean, maybe he's been practicing that one. It was a while ago that he did the nasty and and the pasty. And he probably is like, now that he's gotten over the shock of it, he's like, yeah, nice. He's he's been waiting to unleash that one, but nobody wants to bring it up for obvious reasons. For very obvious reasons. So he's finally like, yes, I get to use this. But then also... I've been workshopping in front of my mirror for months. I mean, it's true. He does even do like the little finger guns he thing. Does. Like, um, <laughs> But also, I just... I love that uh, the, the response to that is Nibbler goes, Verily. <laughs> Which is a thing that I do all Wait, the in time. That, in that deep, deep voice. Um, so good. And every, not every time, a lot of times when I, when I respond with verily, people are like, now I'm thinking about Nibbler and talking to Fry about doing the nasty and the pasty. I'm like, good, because that was my point. 
<laughs> Good. Like, I definitely wanted you to think about Fry doing the nasty and the pasty so that now he's his own grandfather. I'm glad I accomplished that mission. Don't ask me why. <laughs> but I did it. But I but I do that. It's my thing that I do, and I enjoy doing. It's one of the things that you do, that you enjoy doing. But yes, the phrase past nastification is also a good comeback on there, Nibbler's part. There's a lot, there's a lot of good stuff here. Um, so they decide to jet to the infosphere, the brain's master plan. It is a giant memory bank they've been working on for a thousand years. It's also time. twice the size of three ordinary memory banks. Clearly, you, it's it's that description is so like foreign to me. It's like a a forty gigabyte hard drive is twice the size of two ten gigabyte hard drives. Like why? Hmm. It's so foreign. I mean, they they have their methods. I mean, they couldn't just say six times more than a a small memory bank. No, they could not. Maybe Fra- maybe they assumed Fry wouldn't understand it because he lacks a delta brainwave from doing the nasty and the pasty. Yes, he has that special brain, so maybe he understood it this way and not any other way that could possibly be said. It or totally, they could just they could just say it's a giant memory bank. Done. It totally does make a ton of lot of sense to word it the way that they did. Yep. Sure does. That that's directly from Ben. Um so the plan that the Brainspawn have is to collect all the information in the universe and store it. They're compelled to know everything. So they're trying to learn things? Yes. Those bastards. It's very good. I, I like how many times in this podcast we basically just do the joke. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. I'm sure people at home also agree. Um, <clears throat> so once they finish getting all that information, they'll make sure that no new information is created. So they'll destroy the universe. Oh, well, I just, my notes skipped a whole bunch because now it's talking about the Scooty Puff Jr. I mean, it is, it is, about, it, it, he's learning about his mission now. Well, yes, but the, his mission is that he's going to go fly in um, because the, the Infosphere as a last act will open it, up its protective shell to scan itself. Mm-hmm. And at that point, Fry needs to fly in and plant a quantum interface bomb. And you know the way to make anything sound sci-fi? Add the word quantum. And possibly interface. Activate the quantum interface bomb, at which point he has 60 seconds to make an exciting escape on his Scooty Puff Jr. Which is this, like, child's toy that floats through space. It's pretty amazing. Even with a little, like, melody, like... (laughs) It's true. As he's approaching the infosphere, he runs into the brains... Uh, like physically, but he is invisible to them because of the missing brainwave, as long as he avoids uh, deep thinking, which he completely misses them say this. So they're like, this is probably for the best. After the Infosphere scans its last bits of information, including that beavers mate for life. Um, 11 greater than four. <laughs> it seems like one you start off with pretty early in that. You'd think. Um, and of course, uh, something about the prices at Kaplan's discount uh, carpet warehouse. Uh, it starts scanning itself, and Fry goes in, and uh, he is about to activate the the bomb, and he's at he's at this weird like console on top of this giant brain at the center yeah. of this sphere, uh, and he's like, "Well, now hold on a minute, because." I have the opportunity to find out all the mysteries of, of life because this thing knows everything about everything. 
And Nibbler's like, there's no time. And so Fry decides to ask the, the most pressing questions. Is it true that... And then <laughs> the, the, the Infosphere knows what he's already going to ask um, because he's like, is it true that postage stamp glue and then... It's correct. Like, correct. It is made of toad mucus. And then uh, he asks, what really killed the dinosaurs? Me. And you get a little video clip of this brain flying through the sky, zapping dinosaurs with electricity. Which, and then it comes up with unauthorized access because it's already shown the video file. That's uh-huh. that, After you've gotten in and asked the question, that's when I would want to Right. Alert. Now, I'm really upset that this is where we lose access to the infosphere because i want to know why it killed the dinosaurs (laughs) not not the The, the act of it the who or what of it or when is already good like yeah that's all that's all interesting but if you are an all-knowing beast that has flown through the skies and eliminated the dinosaurs i want to know the motive for that well, it did come and try to make the Earth stupid, too. It's probably just keep coming back to the Earth. It, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's some reasons there. What, was he hurt by dinosaurs at some point in his life? Is this a revenge plot? Mm-hmm. Is, Do we need to have an intervention for the giant brain? Is it like Batman where he sees uh, criminals kill his parents, and so he spends the rest of his life being obsessed with bats and taking out criminals? I have it. He was dumped by a dinosaur. The giant oh, brain. Oh, okay. It's a it's a kind of a uh, spurned lover kind of okay, thing. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. They, they, the dinosaur didn't enjoy the brain experience. I mean, I probably wouldn't either. Now, with that said... It would be intellectual, though. Now, with that said, were I a single man and I were able to date a literal dinosaur, you know I would do that. I did was not leading there at all. Huh. <laughs> because because now hold on. Because I'm holding on to a lot of things right now. Somebody like let me explain exactly database access detected shutting down access. Well, I guess you'll never know why. I'm fine. <laughs> I don't I didn't have the first question that led to where what the knowledge that I got. So I don't need to do any follow-ups. I'm fine. I'm going to live my life in that ignorance because it is bliss, my friend. No, the answer is that because if for the rest of your life, while you're trying to live life like Chaz does and throwing his, his uh, experience around, like you can show up to restaurants and be like, I dated a literal dinosaur one time and get tables at Elzar's without a reservation. Clearly, might, even, might even get you some free bread. Clearly, that's going to be how it works. Clearly. Um, anyway, so <laughs> yeah, th- boy, howdy, we are just doing all sorts of stuff tonight. Um, th- uh, with this unauthorized access, the, the smaller brains come in and try to attack him, but it is the, uh, he is the fabled one. They detect trace amounts of me- uh, mental activity, like a dead weasel or a cartoon viewer. Uh, Fry attempts to charge up his Scooty Puff Jr., but it falls apart in his hands. He has no way of escape. And so... In this moment, he decides that he because he he is the force of good taking out the force of evil, he decides to activate this quantum interface bomb anyways, 
even though it'll suck him into this alternate dimension, which I don't think we mentioned uh, the bomb doesn't blow it up. It sucks things into another dimension. Yes. It's important. It's important. And I don't, I don't remember if we talked about that. But we have now. We have now. So he decides to activate this anyways, despite the fact that he's going to be stuck in an alternate dimension uh, for all time because he is the forces of good taking out the forces of evil. And he announces this out loud to the brains. Sure. The brains are like, oh, the Niblonians? Good? Ask about the night of December 31st, 1999. And so despite the protestations of the Niblonians, Fry decides to ask, what happened to me, Philip J. Fry, on the night of December 31st, 1999? Clarification needed. <laughs> Are you the Philip J. Fry from Earth? Or the Philip J. Fry from the floating planet? No, Hovering Squid World 97A. Yeah, I did not write it down. Oh, Thank I you. wrote that down because... So, okay. So I work in a job where I work with uh, user accounts all day, every day. So when I see a lot of like John Smiths or the like, okay. very common names... I always kind of think to myself, are you the John Smith from Earth or are you the John <laughs> Smith from Hovering Squid World 97A? Because this brain makes the assumption that there could only be one Philip J. Fry on Earth. Sure. But the fact that there was one on Hovering Squid World 97A, mm-hmm. that's relevant. It, it is. I kind of want to meet Fry from that alternate place. Right? I want to... I don't know that I... I want an episode about that. Yeah, let's... When let's dig into that. Reboot 3.0. Uh-huh. Let's start the episode on Hovering Squid World 97A. I love it. Let's Perfect. make this happen. How, how much do we have to give in crowdfunding to make this happen? Too much? Yeah, R- probably. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> more than it's worth. Um, so, <laughs> so you have way more than it's worth. Uh, Fry asks about that night and watches the scene from the pilot again. But this time, you see Nibbler under the desk blowing the chair to help it fall over and so fry realizes that it was nibbler who put him in this tube Mm -hmm. um and just as he's getting this revelation the quantum interface bomb goes off and he gets sucked into this alternate dimension uh fry wishes that the niblonians had never made him go into the future uh the big brain i have information about this no one everyone says it doesn't matter anymore we're stuck um but because Fry is special, he it may be possible for him to return to his life at that time. Him and only him. Him and only because him. it's some weird uh, Deus Ex Machina about how some nexus point exists yep. in space time at, at that, that exact, exact location. Moment, yeah. um, it is Deus. It's, Ex-y, yeah. It is totally uh, Deus Ex Machina. Like it's yeah, yeah. It's there is no reason for this to actually be a thing. But okay, whatever it is, whatever space. Yeah. Um, uh, be, due to this, he would be able to return and stop the Niblonians from pushing him into the future. And Fry agrees to be sent back to the past. Meanwhile, uh, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Chaz has uh used his clout to reserve the entire rocket skating li- rink. Usually, it's very popular. Fry waited for six hours to get Leela a ticket, and uh, it, he also in the process uh pushes out some orphans from being Man. able to use the rocket skating rink. Warden Vogel says, just wait in the bus until our drip bus driver finishes his haircut. 
and Leela really wants to let the orphans skate because I mean they have the whole ring to themselves. Yeah. And the orphans came here instead of eating today. And Chaz is like, well, you know, come back when you uh, when you make a name for yourself. Or, or It was literally, beat it. Come back when you have connections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Chaz asks if he's going to get lucky. And Leela literally grabs his badge and shoves it down his mouth. Uh-huh. Because he definitely whipped out his badge. Well, uh, of course. During his speech about how the orphans are not allowed to skate on this skating rink that he reserved for just him and leela sure when you've only got two things the badge and the chaz experience uh-huh. you go to the badge the chaz experience that's for registered users the, only. the the badge is what gets you to the chaz experience exactly um, uh we go back to the infosphere um and fry is being sent back into the past and kind of like doing a whole lot of weird uh things you can only really do in uh animation um, so we go back to old New York and Nibbler is in a phone booth ordering a cheese pizza for I period C period wiener. And th- they do the like dun 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 as if we didn't realize already what happened. And uh, so when Fry shows up at the cryogenics lab with the pizza, uh, we see Nibbler under the desk and then Fry sort of magically future Fry future Fry in, in the, the Nibblonian space suit. Uh, get up, shirt pants situation. Shirt pants situation. Yep. Uh, he shows up under the desk, and Nibbler is like, "What? This doesn't make any sense." And Fry is like, "I came back from the future to stop you, who came from the future to put me in that tube." Nibbler didn't come back in time. They don't have that ability. They just live a long time and are copious poopers. Celebrated poopers. Celebrated. Yep. See, I see. I'm not celebrated. I was rushing at the end of this episode, my man. I noticed. Uh, I'm just saying celebrate it. It's important because celebrated implies that people enjoy it. Nibbler says that uh, he has to do this, though, because the entire fate of the universe yeah. and everyone who lives there, which is, you know, everyone, mm-hmm. depends on Fry going into the future. Because he won't live the, for the thousand years for that brief second. So he must be frozen. And um, Fry's like, well, why didn't you ask? They, we were worried about you refusing. And he's like, no, of, of course not. I love the future. Then why are you joking And me? he's literally strangling Nibbler. And he's like, I don't like being used. And then... Um, and then uh, Nibbler asks, is there anybody in the future you'd want to save? And Fry kind of thinks about... He doesn't even really think about it. It's just sort of an instant like, well, Leela. She must be the other. And uh, yeah, basically Nibbler... Uh, my notes say Nibbler promises to help Fry get lucky in the future <laughs> if he goes back to the f- if he go <laughs> if he goes back to the future. And then I wrote in, I wrote in parentheses. Heh. <laughs> <laughs> Good, <laughs> because, I like that because I'm great at taking notes. It's um, true. If he goes back to the future to save the universe, uh, Fry is given the final choice: the future or the present. He chooses the future by blowing over the chair with him in it. And he gets frozen as usual. He realizes, though, as he fades away, he's going to get trapped again and yells, Just remember that Scooty Puff Jr. so. And then Nibbler's response is, In a thousand years, I'll get right on it, which is one that I want to say all the time to people who are like, Ben, I need this thing and I need it done now. And I'm like, In a thousand years, I'll get right on it. Yeah, that's, that's a I don't recipe ever- to get. 
Get disciplined. I don't ever say that because I like a, having a paycheck. It's true. Paychecks are pretty good. Um, so we go back to the future. Hey. Uh, Fry infiltrates the sphere, but this time he escapes with Scooty Puff, J- J- Scooty Puff Senior, the Doombringer. Back on Earth, Fry is excited to tell everyone what happened, but Nibbler says, uh, yeah, I need to keep my cover, so I'm going to blank your memory. Blanks his memory. Did everything just taste purple for a moment? Um, But he did, before he blanked the memory, he did hand Fry a flower, mm-hmm. like a little uh, uh, daisy sort yeah. of growing in the, in the alley for some reason. Back at Planet Express, Leela is very upset with Chaz and the whole experience mm-hmm. therein. Mm-hmm. Um, she is holding up a photo of her and Chaz and having Bender belch flame right into his face and it burns a hole in where Chaz's face would usually be. She turns towards the door and that's when Fry comes in and you can see Fry in Chaz's position in the picture. Yeah, like so... so it, it, so it looks kind of like a picture of Leela and Fry. Mm-hmm. So Fry gives her the flower um, uh, that Nibbler gave her. I, she's like, I got, I got you a flower, I guess. And, and Leela says, you know, I, I don't think I would have said this at the beginning of the night, but I'm just really happy to see you. And then they share a kiss. Um, specifically, she says, I don't care if you're the most. Oh, yeah. I don't care if you're not the most important person in the universe. It makes me really happy to see you right now. And then Fry responds in maybe one of his cleverest things he's ever said, um, or maybe just genuinely sweet. He says, well, then I am the most important person in the universe. And then Fry gets a kiss, like a a full-on kiss on the lips, Mm -hmm. credits, and then, yes! And then uh, we get the credits, credits, which means that it is time for... Grades! So this episode to me is 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 a really good Futurama episode. Um, it it does give you more backstory to Fry and to kind of the the way he got to the future, uh, but it doesn't throw away gags and jokes and things like that. You've got such notable things like Scooty Puff Junior. that that kind of thing. Um, the Nibblonians being funny. Like there's a lot of funny moments in this, but it also has a kind of an emotional core between Fry and Leela. Um, and I, I really like the episode a lot. Um, I It's not obviously the best episode, but it, it, it has all those kind of hallmarks of a good Futurama episode. It's funny. You learn a little bit more about the main characters and you've also got, you know, that emotional core. So I think I'm going to give it an A. Um, I think this is the first one in a while where I really don't super agree with that. Okay. Um, I do think that there are a good number of jokes that I enjoy. Um, and I do like, I I do like how we're sort of seeing this evolution of like, you know, because we've always had this will they, won't they with Fry and Leela. Sure. And we, we do start to kind of see that, uh, develop into something. It only took, you know, four seasons. So we slow and steady wins the race, my friend. So we do kind of start to see that, um, you know, we do get the info on Fry's backstory but I just I feel like I I just feel like it's a lot of things going on that were kind of duct taped together into a story um you know you get the weird thing like the and I I, you know it's a it's a cartoon I don't need everything explained I'm not gonna 
I'm not going to sit here and nitpick over plot holes sure. because it's a it's a dumb you know dumb cartoon whatever it doesn't really matter that much but it is a lot of things like okay well Fry has this nexus point that he can return to the past and also the brain can send people back to the past if there's a nexus point sure and there's just kind of a lot going on and while I do like a lot of the jokes and I like the Fry and Leela moments um overall i think it's just kind of an average episode um okay. and so i'm i'm gonna give it uh slightly better than a c i'll i'll, I'll go um uh, i'll go with a c plus oh wow um but yeah not not one of my favorite episodes i think it's sort of a valley in the otherwise stellar fourth season really uh yeah it's Interesting. just it never other than a couple of lines i mean it just it doesn't really get me um so i don't know okay well we disagree it had uh, to happen at some point. We we've were been all, we've been like, I think I agree with you for the most part. Uh, instead of an A minus, I'm gonna give it an A. Like, yeah, yeah this we, one's a mm-hmm. we just you know see differently on this one. That's that's perfectly fine. We'd love to know what you think about it. Do you think it's more of an A or more of a C or maybe even an F? Who knows? If you want to talk, only about, you know. If you want to talk about that, if you want to talk about steamed hams, uh, if you want to talk, our about, new, our, <laughs> we're pivoting to steamed hams here. Uh, Steve Hams. Here, <laughs> Frank. It's it's been a long podcast. Uh, if you want to talk about steamed hams, Steve Hams. If you want to talk about the Chaz experience, um, whatever, just whatever, just anything, please. If you are Pizza Hut and would like to finally <laughs> give Mike his pepperoni pizza, pepperoni. <laughs> You can reach out to us in several ways. Uh, email is back to the Futurama podcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at back to Futurama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash back to Futurama. And we are on Apple Podcasts. So find us there, review us, rate us, subscribe, and send it to your friends so we can all have the Chaz experience together. Also, don't forget about the march ocean madness bracket oh yeah um we we've decided uh that we're gonna have the uh bracket predictions open until next tuesday that is march 6th uh and then at that point uh we are going to be going from uh the having the predictions to uh we will have voting so you can show up you can vote for your favorite characters um and uh the only thing you need for that is a google account because it's a uh, through google forms and okay um uh so yeah we'll be tweeting out links to where you can vote um i will make sure to put it up on our website neptunianmillhouse.com because <laughs> that's the one i own and not back to the futurama or anything yeah why like would that. you want to do that um so yeah i'll i'll try to get the word out as best i can with a link to uh have you go vote for who you think the better Futurama character is uh, in each individual matchup. And uh, we will try to keep you all updated on, on uh, everything going on with the March ocean madness bracket. Uh, So yeah, I think that'll do it for us this week. I believe so. And so until next week, I'm Ben and I'm Mike. Goodbye Goodbye from from the world of tomorrow.
It's time for the March Ocean Madness Preview Show. Looking forward to this one, Mike. That's a good point, Ben, but we're running low on time. Hit that lightning round music and let's go through the 32 matchups we gotta talk about. Let's just go down the bracket. First up, we got the Grand Midwife versus Professor Farnsworth. The Professor is a huge favorite in this matchup, but there's a lot of fans out of the Grand Midwife out there. She has many jobs, Mike. It's going to be a closer one than you'd expect. Next up is Scruffy, the janitor, taking on Michelle, Fry's girlfriend in the dumb ages. As hashtag Team Scruffy, this seems like a slam dunk. I've never seen that janitor before, Mike. Now we've got Enos Fry, who got vaporized by his supposed grandson's poor judgment, matching up with the zookeeper. Citizen Snips is sure to be the MVP of that matchup. Citizen Snips, Mike. Look out for the robot mafia as the Donbot meets Dwight Conrad. A bureaucrat's son? It seems too easy for this Donbot. Who will he pay off for this matchup? Definitely didn't pay me anything, Mike. That's a shame. Angeline takes on Gunter in a very interesting matchup between Bender's love and Fry's nemesis. It's going to be a good one to watch, no doubt about it. If he's not too busy at business school, that is, Mike. It's true. It, in one of the best matchups to my eye, Hattie McDougal brings her whatchamacallit to take on Robot Santa. This one will tell us who's naughty and who's nice. I've definitely been naughty this year, Mike. Next, we have a battle of the bureaucrats as Mayor Poopenmeyer takes his hilarious name into competition with Warden Vogel. Make sure you get your ticket stamped five times for this one. You won't want to miss it. In the must-watch pairing of the first round, Morbo takes on Dr. Zoidberg. Two heavy favorites, but only one can come out of this one with a chance of being the March Ocean Madness victor. This one will go to the wire. I'm overflowing with March Ocean Madness mucus, Mike. Moving on, we have LaBarbera versus Steve Castle, also known as That 80s Guy. He's got to be hoping his bonitis isn't a problem here. Sweet she-cattle of Seattle, this one should be good. This match isn't going to be as safe as they say it is, Mike. For my eye, Bender has a pretty easy matchup with Adlai Atkins. Adlai is just too average to take down a heavyweight like Bender. But what do I know? I thought that Namath was full of it and couldn't beat Unitas in 1969. I have no idea what you're talking about, Mike. Two fan favorites meet, but only one can go forward. Will it be the simple country hyper chicken? Or will PreacherBot find some divine way to move forward? Eddie may be malfunctioning, but he's still got a very good chance against Linda. She doesn't have her co-host to help her here. Two heavyweights, one matchup. Hedonism bot. The Hypnotoad. It's almost unfair that this is a first round matchup. Welcome, partner, to the Wong place. They'll be taking on the Robot Devil. I wouldn't make any deals with him. You never know what may happen. I made a deal with the Robot Devil once, Mike. Wouldn't recommend it. Clamp, clamp, kabamp. Can clamps beat 1.0? Sometimes bureaucracy is difficult to navigate, but mobsters know how to get around. It's time to think about nature's pocket as Free Waterfall Senior takes on Glermo. It'll be tough to beat Glermo. If you cut him in half, there's suddenly two of them. That's one heck of an advantage. Sounds like a fun weekend there, Mike. Joey Mousepad is a good mobster, but he, can he take down a Niblonian that can devour every last animal in a cargo bay? I say, nay, Nibbler's going to take this one. Wernstrom. The professor's nemesis takes on the robot that Bender couldn't take down, Robot 1X. Does Wernstrom have the edge he needs to take down the mighty 1X robots? Gotta love those 1X robots there, Mike. In a battle between police and military, who will take the spoils? Kiff or the duo of Earl and Schmitty? Just don't get caught in the crossfire. Interesting fact, Kiff does not have any bones, Mike. Planet Express puts two competitors against each other here as Hermes the Bureaucrat takes on Leela. Will those on hashtag Team Leela give her the win, or will Hermes be a sweet something of someplace? The Bureaucrats keep coming, as they do, as Morgan Proctor takes on Alcazar. Hopefully Morgan doesn't fall for out like Leela did, or else this matchup is a slam dunk. He is kind of a slob there, Mike. 
It's true. Hey, we found a basketball player in this thing. Ethan Bubblegum Tate, the captain of the Globetrotters, takes on Tinny Tim. Tate has to be careful here. Even though Tinny Tim is small, he's very clever. Just watch out about dashing his hopes there, Mike. Don't raise them and dash them expertly. Roberto's been practicing all year for this, and he gets to take on Sal and his tough guy facade. This should be a matchup to watch. <laughs> well, we didn't get Benders versus Fry, so here's the next best thing. Fry's brother, Yancey, takes on Flexo, who is often confused for Bender. But he's got a goatee. I just don't get how people can make that mistake. It's almost the matchup of the almost century there, Mike. Almost. The Empress of Omicron Persei 8, Ndinda, takes on the esteemed director of the Magnificent Three, Harold Zoid. Will it be Lobstertainment, or will Ndinda simply eat him? I'd add a little butter to that there, Mike. Speaking of the Magnificent Three, Calculon, Starf's screen and stage, takes on Mom. The world's most huggable industrious is hard to beat, but I do, I do think Calculon has the chops to do it. He's got some pretty good acting talent there, Mike. He sure does. Hubert Farnsworth may, may not be old enough to drive, but I'm sure Victor will sell him a Beto Romeo. Will that be enough to send Hubert home? Wimmy Wham Wham Wazzle! Slims McKenzie is here to party away, but can he out-party Amy with her party board? Party on! Party on, Mike. Party on, Ben. The Emperor of Omicron Persia 8, Lur, will destroy you! But Morris and Munda just want you to drink all of your tequila. I think the tequila is a bit more fun than human destruction, but who am I to say? One and the same thing as far as I'm concerned, Mike. Fair enough. When you say president, clearly there is no other option than Richard Nixon's head. But can his title help him in this round when he faces a horrible gelatinous blob, especially when they're stressed down at the plant? We already talked about Mom, but we haven't talked about her three dim-witted sons. Frankly, I don't think they have a chance against the limboing Adonis Barbados Slim. I don't have anything to polite to say. I think Barbados is going to the next round. No doubt about it. I'd go back to Barbados just for him, Mike. Last but certainly not least, we've got a huge matchup of two influential, important characters. In one corner, we've got Fry, the main character of the entire show. In the other, we've got Zap Brannigan. This is going to be a matchup for the ages. And that's the preview of the first round of the March Ocean Madness Bracket. Looking forward to this one, Mike. This should be a lot of fun. It's going to be great. Remember to put in your brackets and vote uh, as soon as voting starts on March 6th. March 6th. Be there. Stay tuned. Be there. Be there. Ride the walrus.